coach me up, coach me up, coach me up. Man, do I need that. I'm Jimmy Dykes. You kind of know me as a college basketball analyst. My good buddy, Chris Burke, is going to join us as well. He's been all over the place with college baseball and Major League Baseball this past month. And we're just a couple of guys like you that want to be coached up, man, trying to get better every day. And we've got some tremendous guests on uh, with us every episode that just, they do a terrific job of challenging us and coaching us up on different areas of life, growing our faith, a deeper, authentic walk with God, and just going through real life stuff together. So we thank you for joining our team right now and wanting to be coached up like we are. This podcast is brought to you by OneCountry.com. Check out their incredible giveaways at Give Back and receive your first month of membership free when you visit OneCountry.com slash coach. Man, those guys are good buddies of mine here in Northwest Arkansas, and they have a huge heart for giving and doing some tremendous things for people. So check out One Country. Go to onecountry.com slash coach. Find out what those guys are all about. I also want to say thanks to Blue Delta Jeans, where each pair of jeans is handmade in the USA to fit you and you only. It's unique. So visit bluedeltajeans.com to get started. And when you get to their website, Use the code UNPACKING, U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N, UNPACKING for $100 off your first custom jeans. All right, our guest today is Todd Blackledge, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal college football analyst for ESPN. He was a first-round draft pick back in the early 80s from Penn State. He was the Davey Bryan Award uh, College Football uh, Quarterback of the Year. And just a tremendous, tremendous person that's going to coach us up on college football right now and coach us up on life and faith. And we are so happy to have one of the best voices in all of college football joining us right now. All right, Todd Blackledge, you are the voice of college football in my mind. I've loved watching you for, over the years. Going in right now, four or five teams has everybody's attention. Who are those? And then give me a dark horse if there is one. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I I used to be a uh, an AP voter, and I I got so frustrated because I hated preseason polls, so I I quit being a voter mm. because I just think their preseason polls are meaningless because you know all you're basing it on is. You know, who's coming back from the year before, uh, you know, maybe how they did in their bowl game, what their schedule might look like. But you guys know as well as anybody, I mean, you could return all 22 starters from last year, but the team makeup and Mm. chemistry is still going to be different from one year to the next. So I like to, I don't think there should be any poll in college football to after the first month of the season, you know, October 1st, let's, let's, Mm -hmm. let's reassess at that point and see who's really good. But that being aside... (laughs) Uh, you know, Alabama and Georgia, who played for the national championship last year, are going to be right there in the mix again. Both, uh, you know, Georgia lost a ton, particularly on on their historic defense. Uh, you know, I think they had eight guys drafted um, off their defense, but but they've recruited so well under Kirby Smart the last few years that they are just ready to, you know, they're ready to bring the next guy up. Offensively, they return most of their guys, so they're going to be good. Alabama. Got a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, which is always scary when, when you know, a team could win 12 games and still think, uh, you know, that they've got something to mm-hmm. prove or whatever and, and uh, wasn't a, a great season. For my next question, our podcast is called Coach Me Up. 
Okay, we're going to get a little more personal with you here. Your son, Owen, and I know you've had other children go through the competitive sports cycle. Your son, Owen, is currently at TCU as a as a baseball player. You talk about transfer portal. You talk about uh, handling the highs and lows of, of whether a guy plays immediately, all that kind of stuff. First, first part of the question is, as a dad, as a man of faith, as somebody who was a professional athlete yourself, Coach me up on how to handle the current culture of youth sports in our country, especially when you have a son as talented as yours and he wants to be the best he can be. And then the second thing is maybe, you know, his current state and how you're coach us up on how you're handling him with, you know, finding his way uh, at a new school in a very competitive environment. So, you know, one of the advantages I had growing up, my dad was a, a football coach for over 40 years. So I was in an athletic home. I was around sports. Uh, I thought, you know, I had a pretty healthy exposure to it. Uh, my dad never forced me to play anything, uh, but he was always willing to help me, you know, if it was rebounding for basketball or throwing me BP or, you know, catching the football, whatever it was, he, he was going to be there to do that whenever he could. And I grew up going to practices and being in locker rooms. And so, you know, sports has always been really, really important to me. So I tried to, you know, a lot of those same principles I tried to apply to my boys. And I had four boys and they were all athletic, you know, up to a certain level. My second son only played to a certain level and, and, and then didn't want to play anymore. And that was fine. And, you know, I never wanted to force any of my boys to, to do anything either. Um, you know, I ended up one of the things that I did stress, obviously, to them, especially when they were coming up as a young athlete, and I felt like this was kind of going counterculture to the where we are now, um, I wanted my boys to play multiple sports. I, you know, I didn't want them to feel like they had to get locked into, you know, playing only one sport and focusing on one sport. And I just feel like there's way too much pressure on young kids and parents today you know, oh, they got to be on this. They got to do this year round. They got to train or they play on this travel team or play this number of games in the summer. And I just, you know, I didn't grow up that way. And I just didn't want my boys to grow up that way. I wanted to try to, you know, just allow them to play multiple sports because especially when you're young, I want them to have fun. I wanted mm -hmm. them to enjoy it. And I always felt like there was great carryover from one sport to the next two, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it kept you fresh. It kept you engaged. Um, and excited for the next season, you know, and I think there's a lot of kids that get burnt out on sports now when they're 12, 13 years old, because they played way too much, you know, they, they, they've just done too much and they haven't been able to just have fun, be kids, you know, at the same time, you know, go to the pool, hang out with their friends, do all those kind of things and still enjoy playing sports. So, you know, that was the biggest thing I tried to do when they were growing up. And again, it's it's kind of a fight, you know, because mm. your boys, they were like, well, dad, I want to be on this team. I want to I play mm. on this travel team. I want to do that. So you got to kind of find your way as a with a balance in that, you know, and some things you allow and some things you say, no, we're going to hold off on that. Because um, I And I think there's plenty of time, you know, like with each of them, each of my boys, there's plenty of time to figure out which sport you really want to play and which one you, you want to let go. Um like my oldest son, Harrison, he, he played football, baseball, and basketball growing up. Uh, he played football as a freshman in high school, and then he decided basketball was what he wanted to do. He ended up going to a D3 school in Michigan and played basketball, had an All-American career there, and, and it worked out great for him. You know, my second son, 
you know, he played all the things growing up and then he tried wrestling and then he found that that was kind of what he liked to do. And then until he got hurt, uh, he was really into wrestling. And my third son, football, or never, never tried football, played baseball and basketball. And then when he got to high school, after high school, he didn't want to play anymore. And he was super athletic and probably the biggest of my boys. But he just, you know, he didn't have the passion for wanting to continue to play. And then Owen, you know, pretty quickly, he, he moved towards baseball. And that's where his passion was. And uh, he did play football his senior year in high school to hang out with his buddies. And that was fun. It was fun for me. It was fun for him. And he was good. But he loves baseball. And uh, so now he's at TCU. And, uh, you know, you're, you're right. It's super competitive. And he hopes, uh, you know, he's going back for his second year now. And, and uh, it'll be a really challenging fall for him. You know, he's, he's because now baseball is, you know, after a couple years of having, you know, in, in expanded rosters, they're going back to a 35-man roster now. And he's got to fight for a spot, mm. you know. And so, uh, but he's, he's excited for that challenge. He loves Fort Worth. He loves it at TCU. He loves the team. Uh, he did not play very much last year as a freshman, but um, he did get to play quite a bit this summer. And he's, he's excited to go and, and compete, you know. And um, if, he, if he makes it, you know, he'll be there and, and, and it'll be great. And if he doesn't, then we'll, we'll cross that bridge, you know, when, 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 when we come to it. Todd, I love what you said there about it's a fight. Because I think as as parents, as a dad, like it's a fight. You got to be yeah. in the fight raising your kids. Uh, tell me, coach me up on a scripture or a story or a word that really impacts you or has impacted you in your life. You know, I, I was thinking about that, and and hopefully you don't mind if I go go a while with this, but I. Um, I <laughs> I, I found myself when I was thinking about that question. I found myself going back to something that um, that I often refer back to. But when I first was exposed to it, it was kind of a unique time in my life. And and so I I made a commitment to Christ when I was a sophomore at Penn State. And so it was during my college career. So when I went to Kansas City uh, and got drafted by the Chiefs, I was still pretty young in my faith. And, uh, you know, I'm a single guy, I'm 22 years old and, uh, and I'm in Kansas city and, um, you know, and, and had a lot in front of me, you know, and a lot available to me, um, that my dad never had, my mom never had, you know, I had available to me. And while I was out there through the, through the church that I was going to and some of the relationships I had, um, I was encouraged to do a study and, and really read and dive into the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm. And, hmm. you know, it doesn't seem like that would be somewhere where, you know, a 22-year-old guy would go, right? Um, it was written by Solomon. It's kind of tucked away in between Psalms and Proverbs and the, and the prophets, you know. It's only 12 chapters. But it's a fascinating, fascinating book. And, and I really felt like, you know, Solomon, who was... You know, you, you read about him and you know he was the wisest man in the world at that time and, and had just a, a, you know, a reign as a king over Israel that was unparalleled, unmatched in terms of prosperity and wealth and peace and everything. And, um, and it was almost like it was written to young men, you know, to young people to kind of say, hey, look, I'm older now. I made some mistakes. I'm writing this, so maybe you can avoid some of the pitfalls, mm -hmm. some of the mistakes that I made. Mm -hmm. And so as I read and dove into this, 
uh, I, again, I was fascinated. You know, he starts off the very beginning of the book by saying, you know, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Mm. You know, all of life is futile or empty or, or vain. And you, and you, you try to figure out what he's talking about. And, and then he uses a phrase called under the sun. Mm-hmm. It's used 29 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. And, you know, I came to understand that un- life under the sun is basically life apart from God. You know, any, any part of life that God has not commanded or he's not in or he's not with you in is living under the sun. And so Solomon continues to use this idea that, uh, you know, I've tried all these things and it's all vanity. It's all like grasping after the wind and, and life under the sun is empty. And, uh, and again, he was a guy who, you know, I thought of myself at that time as a, as a, a young pro football player in a new city and, you know, money in the bank and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I had, I had a lot available to me. Well, Solomon had everything available mm. to him, right? I mean, he had more than anybody yeah. ever, and he tried everything. I mean, there's actually a verse in chapter two where he says, whatever my, whatever pleasure my mm-hmm. eyes beheld, I did not withhold from him. Mm-hmm. I, I tried everything and it all still comes up empty. And, um, and, and then in verse three or in chapter three, verse 11 is one of the real key verses. He says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. And I think that's why, you know, everything he tried to fill his life with and tried to make himself feel good about, find identity and find value in, at some point came up empty and left him feel like he was grasping after the wind. Because in all of us, the way we're wired and created, there's a desire for something eternal. There's a desire for something that only God can fill. And Mm -hmm. so then when you get to the end of the book, and there's tons of great stuff in it, but at the end... You know, again, Solomon says, so what is the, what is the conclusion of the matter? And he says, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man, you know? And it's just, that impacted me then as I was going into this part of my life, but I find myself going back to it because, Mm. you know, I think we struggle throughout our lives, you know, with identity and with trying to find our value in maybe what we do professionally or or how much money we have in the bank, or what kind of relationships we have. And and all those things are important in our lives, but not in terms of really defining who we are and what we are and what the purpose of our life is. And so, um, you know, that was something that, that I read and, and it, it, you know, really I connected with as a young man. And it's something now as a 61-year-old man that, that I still go back to because it, it's still true. Mm. Yeah. It's so easy to get to chasing everything. Yeah. You know, so many things are hollering for our attention, whether it's our, our job, our kids, sports, uh, uh, pleasure, leisure, all those things. And if you're not careful, they become more important than God in our life. And you chase all those things. And at the end of the day, you realize it didn't fulfill me. The only one thing that can, and I, man, I, I'm, I'm going to go back and read Ecclesiastes today because I love the story. It's been a while yeah. since I've been there. Yeah. Uh, but man, thanks for co- thanks for coaching us up on that. And just Chris, what a reminder. Yeah, huh? Todd, I, I appreciate you going there. We we um, we we can get caught chasing a lot of things in this world, but we you know the at the end of the day, it is all meaningless, like chasing after the wind. Right? We got to have a focus yeah. on okay, what where did we come from? What what are we doing here? Where are we going? And without that, I know for me personally, I would certainly be a lost puppy. 
uh, so grateful for the that direction that God's word provides us. Or yeah. boy, you could get caught chasing after that wind real easy, can't you? Yeah. Well, and you know, and the thing that you got to remember is like let let let's talk about pleasure. You know, and things that bring pleasure, right? I mean, God created that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's yep. the one who invented it, and and so. It's not like he doesn't want us to enjoy life and mm-hmm. enjoy the pleasures of life and enjoy the good things of life. It's just, you know, enjoy them for what they are, but don't try to gain anything more from them in terms of, you mm-hmm. know, defining us, you know? So I think that's, you know, I mean, God is not, you know, God's not like mad at us and doesn't want us to enjoy life and doesn't want us to experience the beauty and the awesomeness and the wonder of life. But we just need to know that that he is the one, he's the one that's, and he alone is the one that's worthy of our worship and adoration and, mm. and who we go to, to to find out who we are, you know? Mm. That's good stuff. I, Thanks, I love, Todd. Uh, yeah. Todd, I'll end up with this to kind of sum up what you just said. This set was put to me one time, and it kind of has kept me in that lane a lot. Don't make a good thing your ultimate mm. thing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, I love to golf. I love to watch our, our daughter run track. I love a lot of different things. But And those are all good things. I love what you said. But don't make a good thing that God gave us the ultimate thing and take his place in our lives. So, Todd, you are the best, man. Chris and I can't wait to watch you all fall all the way through the college football yeah. playoffs. I, I, I say this about analysts, and I mean this. Uh, I learned football – when I listen to you call a game, and I think there's a real mm. art to that. You you say it where everybody can understand it. My wife can watch a game, and she'll pick up on something. You're a pro's pro. Uh, anyone that's ever been around you only says the greatest things about Todd Blackley. So, man, it's, it was a blessing to have you with us today. Thank you, Todd, so, so much Thanks, for your buddy. time. Uh, it was great to be with you guys, because I and I feel the same way about you guys as analysts. I mean, I watch all sports, you know, and uh, – and I like the same thing. I, I want to learn something. You know, I may know a certain amount about about your sports, uh, but I, I want to learn. And I think that's uh, you guys do a great job of that as well. You coach us up. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, bro. You got it. Chris, I love what he said. We talked about there at the end, making a good thing an ultimate thing. It doesn't work out in life. Not, mm-hmm. not for the life of a believer. Give me your thoughts on that statement. Well, what was interesting is I had, you know, you had, you had asked him about a passage of scripture that really impacted him. And I had just previously asked him about youth sports. Uh, mm-hmm. And for somebody, you're, you're in it, right? Um, yep. At the highest level, they're at the varsity level. I'm in it just below that level. I got a daughter that's in JV field hockey and then a middle school athlete and a uh, elementary school athlete and a couple more on the way. Like I'm in it, right? And I coach <laughs> it. Right. Like I live in yeah. it. Like that's, so I'll be honest with you, like as somebody that wants to do things well that I've said yes to doing, um, whether that was as a player or as a broadcaster or as a, you know, um, even as you talked about, like even as a dad and a husband, you can get caught up in making that your identity, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but this youth sports space in our culture, man, it's, and I don't want to sound hypocritical because I literally make my living in <laughs> amateur sports, in right? Sports, uh, right. And so- uh, but it, you, it is, it can be a great thing. And I, I think, uh, he helped us with the balance of multiple sports and, uh, not pushing kids too early to specialize. But I know just as a dad and I've got kids at different ability levels, just like he was talking about, like, 
I'm really trying to keep my own perspective. That's why I got to keep my nose in the word because I can get lost quickly on uh, not just my own kids, but the kids I coach on, okay, what actually is the point, right? Of course, we want to play well. Of course, we want to win. But mm-hmm. what really is the point of, of sports relative to what we're learning, right? How we're being pushed, relationships, adversity, humility. You know what I mean? Th- that, that really is the point. Because uh, right. the trophies aren't the point, right? The the stats aren't the point. At least they shouldn't be. Um, and so, man, it just it's. And I think the book of Ecclesiastes is very helpful with with keeping our perspective on what is the point. Because we can get really caught up with the things that are under the sun. Yeah, I love that how he talked about twenty nine times. It's mentioned in Ecclesiastes. I didn't know that he did a great mm-hmm. job of coaching me up on mm-hmm. that. You know, for me the. The, the encouraging thing about when you start talking about idols in our life or think, making things way more important than they should be in our home, the encouraging thing for me and hopefully for our listeners is this, that God talks specifically about idols in the Bible because, man, He loves us. He wants all of us. He doesn't want anything to have greater love in our life than for Him. So He's done a fabulous job of, of laying it. I think there's over a hundred scriptures in the Bible, Chris, about idols. I think it's, it's that important. But to me, I look at it as, as uh, just another way of him showing us how much he loves us. Because he knows that any idol, anything that we put in front of him, ultimately it has let me down in my life. Mm-hmm. It has. Mm-hmm. Everything that I've chased and put on a pedestal, temporarily for a season in my life, uh, and I put it ahead of God in, in terms of my time, my importance, my focus, it has let me down, where he never has let me down. Mm-hmm. I, hope I, I hope I explained that right, but yeah. I kind of use that idle conversation. It's a, it's a little bit of a tough conversation to have, but man, to me, that's a real encouragement from God, just keeping us, our focus on, I will never let you down. You see it like that, can you? Well, I, I just appreciate the perspective of Todd being so honest with, like, he was 22 years old. He had the world at his fingertips. Yeah. He's just, uh, you know, a national championship quarterback. He had it he's all. got, yeah, he's, he's a, it was he a first round pick or whatever. He's very high first fan. round I think he pick. Was. Yeah, first round pick yeah. by Kansas City Chiefs. He's about to be the franchise yeah. quarterback. And here he is, you know, at church studying the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, you know, great perspective for all of us because, you know, whoever's listening, um, Man, it's easy to get caught up, and it's easy to get lost, and it's it's important that we're reminded, like, okay, what what is the point? Uh, what are we chasing after? And of course, we want to provide, and of course, we want to uh, do well in the things that we're we're uh, involved in. But man, when we put that ahead of what God's called us to, it, it can get real empty, real messy, real frustrating, and heck, life can get that way anyway, <laughs> right? Right, right. Uh, especially yeah. if we get. Uh, our priorities out of line. What else? What else did he coach you up on? What else did you take to talk? Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that I wrote down, I touched on it briefly with him when he said raising his kids, his boys, uh, he said it's a fight. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think sometimes we think life shouldn't be a fight. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. As a follower of the way, uh, the way of Jesus, we were never promised that this thing's not going to be a fight. I know I'm guilty sometimes of thinking, good grief, here I go again. I got to battle through something else. Man, that's 
that's that that that's that's real life. That, mm-hmm. That's real life stuff. So I appreciate Todd saying raising raising kids that it's a fight, and we all need to be in that fight. Mm-hmm. You and I both know that, man, because there's a lot of things pulling at us. So man, he was he did a terrific job of coaching me up in a lot in a lot of yeah. areas, man. I know, I, yeah. I know, I need it. Well, the fight, you know, Jesus said, uh, "In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, Absolutely. I have overcome the world." Not he never. Never promised us uh, uh, rainbows and butterflies. I loved, of course, Brady's now unretired, but I did this whole talk this winter to my basketball teams, and I gave it to uh, a few college teams. When Brady sent out his retirement post, there was one phrase that was capitalized in the whole posting, and it, it was right after he said, the competition was fierce and tough. Hmm. And then he said, all caps, just how we like it. He was talking oh, to his that. teammates at the time, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I was telling my team, and I was telling some of these other teams that I gave this talk to, like the, the, the best like it tough. They, yeah. They like it tough. They, they, they. You know, if you're asking Brady, hey Brady, you want to win this Super Bowl thirty-five to three, or do you want it to be 28-27 and you got the ball in your hands to, to you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He might say, hey, uh, you know, a no-brainer might be fun every once, but really. You want it tough, man. I want you to be good. We're good. Let's see who's better, you know? And so sure. uh, sometimes, again, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm coaching myself up right now because there are times when your kids drive you nuts, when you're like, just get it, right? Just, yeah. just do that. Be polite. Use your manners. Quit fighting with your brother. But, um, you know, as parents, uh, as as people that are tasked with with doing things, like we we should enjoy, we should, again, I'm kind of preaching to myself here, the, the, the messiness and the toughness of it. And um, one thing I've learned is that God's ways are best and consistent, constant communication, trying not to be easily offended, um, trying to uh, give grace as I need it. Those things mm-hmm. help in the toughness and messiness of parenting and relationships and all those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Todd Blackledge was terrific at coaching us up. So, hey, again, we're going to close this episode with with asking you to subscribe. So when we drop a podcast, it comes right to your phone. Subscribe us, rate us, give us a rating, and review us. That's what we're trying to grow. We're just trying to grow our team, man. We want as many teammates as we can to be in this battle with us and jump in here and learn with us as well. So I just, again, want to thank our sponsors, uh, one country, they are just tremendous. My friends over there, they're out of Northwest Arkansas. They have such a huge heart, but this Coach Me Up podcast is provided by our friends at One Country. Every month, One Country members are entered into an amazing giveaway. They do some tremendous stuff over there that do really good things. Each giveaway gives back to a great cause because One Country believes that when you get, you give. Visit onecountry.com slash coach to become a member and get your first month free. That's a big deal. Again, go to onecountry.com slash coach and experience winning that gives back. Also, Blue Delta Jeans, man, our our buddies down there in Mississippi, my friends at the Blue Delta Jeans, they make the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world, the entire world, because they are unique, made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit and hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Coach Me Up Podcast. Man, thanks for joining us. Spread the word. Become a member of our team. Chris, I'll talk to you soon. God, we thank you for our time together today. You're a good God to us, and you love us, and we thank you for that so much. Chris, I'll see you soon, man. Coach Me Up. Next time we talk, coach me up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it.